the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. For the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Jim Clark, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and concerns. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone than a tranquil oasis? Well, if that's you, fear not, there is hope for you, because tonight we are bringing you Part 14 in our series entitled Peace in the Battle. Oftentimes, when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal battlefield with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around, soldiers running, people screaming, and chaos all around. But have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts on a daily basis? A battlefield of the mind. But don't despair. There is some good news in the midst of this battlefield. To find out about this and much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing tonight? Brother Jim, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be lifted up in the spirit tonight and blessed by the Word of God. And as Brother Jim has said, we've been doing this series uh, on peace in the battlefield, and we want to say by way of introduction that uh, uh, we can only get this peace is in Christ, and there is a battlefield going on everywhere you turn, religiously, politically, and economically, and in our homes, and in our schools, and in our churches, everywhere you turn, even in marriages. And Christ has come to give us that peace, that inner peace, so that we can deal with the battlefields of life. And, you know, as a means of review, uh, there are five ways we can be afflicted when we lack the peace of God. There are five ways we can be afflicted when we Lack the peace of God. Now, this is the consequences of us lacking the peace of God, and and it's the judgment as well. When we don't uh, get connected to God's peace, this is the consequences of what can happen. Number one, there is spiritual affliction, and everything starts off with that because if we're not in the Word and in prayer and in a church and being accountable, it opens up Pandora's box for all the evil of the world to come out. And then this spiritual affliction leads to number two, emotional affliction. You know, all of us today in one way or another, most people are just messed up emotionally. And it starts off with the spiritual. You know, your emotions just can't be right unless your spiritual life is right. And when you get a spiritually afflicted, you're going to be emotionally afflicted, number two. And then number three, you're going to be mentally afflicted. And 
That's the big discussion today in our world today is mental illness. And people today are just losing their minds. And, you know, the Bible talks about he will keep you in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on thee. It talks about that in the, in the Bible. You know, do you want that perfect peace and that mind to be perfect in Christ? Well, you've got to have his peace in order for that to happen. And then number four, this uh, leads to physical affliction. See, this all goes together like a hand in a glove. And uh, this physical affliction uh, can be... Uh, dangerous because the body can take it many different places. And under this fourth point, there are seven ways we can be afflicted, seven ways we can be afflicted physically. Now, number one is sleepless nights. We talked about that before. And uh, number two, uh, irritations, easily provoked, easily angered. And then number three, eating disorders. It leads to all of these things. And number four, we talked about suicidal uh, experiences and suicidal tendencies. And uh, then we are going to talk about number five. uh, When we lack the peace of God, it causes us to practice immorality. Immorality. Now, I'm going to say some things about this thing of immorality. Now, um, I have a trivia question for you since uh, we're dealing with the Gay Pride Parade coming up tomorrow. Uh, A trivia question. Now, I want you to think about this trivia question when I throw it at you and see if you can get it. Uh, Why did God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Why did God destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Now think about that for a moment. Ponder on that for a moment. Write it down if you want to. Uh, Meditate upon the question. And uh, I'll give you a moment to think about that and wrestle with that. Now let's see if you came up with the right answer. The wrong answer is this, because of homosexuality. Most people have been taught in churches that Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of the sin of homosexuality. Well, that's not the reason why. If you read in Genesis and you read the Bible, and when God spoke to Abraham, he told him that if I can find, he narrowed it down to even 10 people, if I can find 10 people to reserve the city, I will spare it. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because he could not find anybody out there doing some witnessing to try to bring the homosexuals to Christ. I wonder how many Christians are going to be out there witnessing with the gay pride parade. I know a lot of uh, Christian people will be in their churches praying, but we need to get out there and be the salt and light to a dark world. And even in Noah's day, People were inside, hiding and fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. But you ask that question to most churches and pastors and laypersons, they will not get the the right answer. Now, Billy Graham, the late Billy Graham, the great evangelist, 
uh, died about 99 years of age. God blessed him to live a long time. He said something one time that was so profound that I never forgot it. He said, uh, if, if God doesn't judge America, he will have to apologize for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Think about that. If God doesn't judge America, he'll have to apologize for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. And God's judgment is coming upon this nation, and it's coming upon what is going on even tomorrow. You know, uh, people just don't get away with sin. You just don't get away with sin. I don't care if it's homosexuality, fornication, adultery, uh, you know, masturbation, doesn't matter what it is. When it comes to masturbation, somebody asked me one time, what does the Bible have to say about that? Well, the Bible doesn't mention thou shall not masturbate, but let me say this. God said in the first book in the Bible, it's not good for the man to be alone. <laughs> what does that tell you? Uh, not to be having sex with yourself to be involved with a woman and preferably a Christian woman if you're a man. Now, this is the point that I want to make with you tonight is that there are two things that always brings the judgment of God upon a nation. Never forget this, and I want you to write this down. Two things that and when you look at from Genesis to Revelation, that always brought the judgment of God. And that is, number one, idolatry. That's worshiping other things other than God. And that could be your job. It can be your car. It could be your house. It could be your money. It can be your spouse. It can be your children. It can be your vacations. It could be uh, just uh, yourself, idolatry always brought the judgment of God. And this is the second one that sounds just like it, immorality. You look back at the time of uh, the children of Israel when God delivered them out of Egypt. It took the Lord one night to deliver them out of Egypt, and it took him 40 years to get Egypt out of them. <laughs> uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because they were so caught up into the things of Egypt, and Egypt was into idolatry. And that's why when they got in the wilderness, they built a calf with gold. And Moses was up on Mount Sinai getting the Ten Commandments, and when he came down, he saw two things. And that was, number one, idolatry, and then building a calf, and number two, uh, immorality because they were streaking, they were naked, and they were running around having sex with one another, and it brought the judgment of God upon them, and God opened up the earth and swallowed them and judged them. You will not get away with idolatry and immorality in your life without escaping the judgment of God upon your life. Now, I want to say this in bringing this home, and this is quite interesting, and I'll talk about this a little bit more next time. Isn't it interesting that uh, tomorrow they have coined the term the gay pride parade? They have the word pride in there. That was the downfall of the devil uh, because of pride. You look at Isaiah 14, five times it says, I will be. I will, 
And that was the downfall because pride is when you say, I'm going to do it my way rather than God's way, whatever that is. The gay pride parade, that's the thing that's driving them to do what they're doing contrary to the word of God. Now, I want you to understand this. I want you to understand the Bible talks about uh, at uh, things that God hates, and I'm going to bring this home in bringing this out to you because the judgment of God always comes upon uh, even pride, and you can't get away with this thing with pride. I want to talk about seven verses that relates to God hating this thing of pride. Now, you just write this down. If you can't get them all, then you could listen to the podcast and hear it again. Uh, n- number one, God hates a haughty eyes. We see this in Proverbs 6 and verses 16 through 17. Haughty eyes. That means a prideful eyes. Number two, God hates proud look. And this is in Proverbs 6 and verses 16 through 17. It's interesting that Proverbs is a book for all ages. You need to read the book of Proverbs infinitum ignosium with no end to it. And number three, God hates the, the proud in heart, proud in heart. This is Proverbs 16 and verse 5 and Proverbs 8 and verse 13. And then number four, uh, pride is a, a practical atheism. It's practical atheism. Did you not know that behind atheism is pride? And we find in Psalms uh, 10 and verse 4, Psalms 10 and verse 4, it says, The wicked through pride of his continence will not seek after God. God is not in all of his thoughts. That's an interesting verse there, Psalms 10 and 4. And then number 5, Christ modeled humility. And we see this in Philippians 2, 6 through 11. He uh, modeled humility. And that's what we need to do. Number six, God humbles those who exalt themselves. And we find this in Isaiah 10 and 12 and Daniel 4 and 20. And the last verse is God exalts the humble, James 4 and 10. So I'm going to say this and then I'm done. There was a preacher that uh, was an old-time preacher that would always say to his younger preachers, and he would speak in a Geechee, Louisiana Geechee voice, and he would say, stay low, stay low. And they would ask the preacher, what do you mean, pastor, when you say stay low? He would say it all the time. He said this, well, if you stay low when you fall, you won't have that four to go. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, Brother Jim. Amen, Dr. Buckner. And I know that you out there listening, you must have some questions about what he has just preached. He has preached the Word of God quite plainly. We'd like to hear from you after this break. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I am in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we are talking about the peace in the battlefield and spiritual affliction, emotional affliction, etc. And uh, Dr. Buckner is getting right down to it. But before we continue with that, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been praying for contending for the faith. Without your prayers and faithful support, we would never have been on the air for so long. 
We want to thank those who gave this week, Jackie, William, and Rick. We got just enough donated to pay last week's program. We still need $400 for tonight's program. It cost us $400 a week to stay on the air, so we need your help. We are listener-supported. We don't want you to tune in on one Saturday night and find out that Contending for the Faith has gone off the air due to lack of financial support. All three of those who donated this week donated through PayPal. We didn't get any donations through the P.O. Box. There are two ways to donate. You can send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith at P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Or you can go on your computer to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And you can click on the Donate button. And I guess, Dr. Buckner, there is a... uh, there's a PayPal uh, address that we can uh, that they can send to as well that Amen. I wasn't aware of. So so that sounds like a, a, a actually quite convenient way for most people to do it. Amen. We get uh, cards and letters from our listeners, and we love to be able to share some of this with you as well. So uh, we got this from William, and he said, uh, "Oh, he sent 150 bucks. Thank you so much, William." Amen. And uh, and he said, "Hello, Doctor Buckner. It was my, a pleasure speaking to you on contending for the faith." Your response helped to point me in the right direction. Thank you. I hope and pray that more people start listening and participating to the show because it is really a blessing. Take care and God bless. It's great to get, you know, responses like that, Dr. Oh, Brenner. yes, it really is. And uh, that's a faithful brother and giving and a beautiful brother in the Lord. And we just like to share these things because we want to not only be encourage ourselves, but encourage others to do likewise. So we appreciate William and all of you who are being faithful. And as Brother Jim has said, uh, we didn't get any responses through the mail. And we want to encourage people to, if you don't respond through PayPal, just to respond through the mail because we need people to step up now. The summer times is one of the most difficult times for ministries because people go on vacations. They um doing a lot of different things. And buying a lot of things, but uh, you don't uh, want us to go on a vacation from contending for the faith by not supporting us. So we don't want to do that. We want to continue to make our presence known uh, in teaching the word. Amen. So we need to get to some of our callers. Amen. I believe so, Dr. Buckter. And I think the first one we'll go to is Cece. Cece. How you doing, Cece? Um, how you guys doing? Oh, we're truly blessed, truly blessed, and we trust that you got encouraged by the word tonight. Oh, I always get, I always get encouraged. I mean, uh, you, 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 you always hit right on point. So I know you've been spending time with God as well as in the words, and I appreciate it. And by the way of experience too. Amen. What, what uh, ministered to you tonight? What stood out to you in the word as you heard it? Well, uh, the thing about, thing about. Uh, masturbation, you know what I'm saying? Because I heard a lot of people, um, well, you know, a lot of people have been struggling with that, you know, who are um, believers, and some of them, some people feel that, you know, since they don't have a husband or wife, that they have to, you know, take care of themselves in that way, and I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that's the wrong route to go. Mm-hmm. And so you hit right on point. And then also, like what you talked about um, with Sodom and Gomorrah, and you, and you, you talked about um, immorality um, brings the judgment of God as, as well as um, idolatry. 
and when you look at that, that's that's what Romans one describes. And you hit you hit so many points in that little time that you uh, spoke. It was very very encouraging, and it just um, even someone who would be listening to this, who you know, because there'd probably be some people if someone was listening, say, "Well, I don't believe in the Bible." What you what you did is you brought it on a practical level and a theological level. So so even someone who was listening who had any type of sense would say, "Hey, that what he says makes some sense." Mm-hmm. That's what draws unbelievers in. Amen to that. Well, appreciate that uh, input, and we always appreciate what the Lord puts on your heart and to share uh, from what you got blessed with. And what's on your heart tonight? You have a question? Yes, I want to ask you in First Corinthians chapter 12 um, and verse 9, I want to ask you some, um, yeah, two things. Well, oh, yeah. Okay, do you have your Bible there? Uh, I have the word right here. All righty. Why don't you read it so for those who don't have a Bible that's listening, they can know what the passage is. Okay, for those who are listening in uh, the audience, I'm in First Corinthians 12, verse 9. It says, To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gift of healing by the same Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason the word. Okay, well... Let me just kind of like uh, give you a little uh, insight into uh, these two tremendous uh, gifts, uh, which is the gift of uh, faith and then the gift of healing. Uh, now, this whole chapter, the Apostle Paul is listing the various different gifts that God has put in the body of Christ. Um, now, there are some people in some of the evangelical churches, like uh, uh, people like John MacArthur uh, and also J. Vernon McGee, uh, they're good, great teachers of the Word of God, but uh, they don't believe in the, uh, the perpetuity of spiritual gifts today that's in operation. They believe that God is working through the Spirit, but not um, like he did in the first century. Uh, I don't agree with those positions. I believe that uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and what he did 2,000 years ago, he can do today. Amen? And that's a, that's a fact from the Word of God. But uh, let me uh, kind of like give some insight on this. The, uh, where he says, uh, uh, you know, that to another faith by the same Spirit, and uh, in other words, there are diversity of gifts, and no one should di- try to tell other people they should have the same gift as they have because the Holy Spirit is too big for that. You can't put him in a, a box and say he needs to operate this way because he goes beyond what we think. Like I was saying um, last week, um, Rick asked the question about uh, in the book of Acts, is there any instances of uh, the Holy Spirit coming upon people uh, without the laying on of hands. And I said there's two instances of that. The first instance is in uh, on the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came without the laying on of hands. And then the other instance is, uh, is found in uh, Acts chapter 10 with the household of Cornelius. And Peter was so blown away with that because uh, he 
saw that they had the Holy Spirit come upon them and they spoke in tongues without being baptized and without the laying on of hands. See, you cannot put the Holy Spirit in a time box or in your box and think that he's going to operate the way we want him to. He's too big for that. So when we talk about the uh, gift of faith, what is, it's, it's not talking about in this context um, the uh, a saving faith. See, there's different types of faith throughout the Bible, the New Testament. Uh, you have saving faith, and then you have the preserving faith. <clears throat> this is not talking about neither uh, one of them. This is talking about the the gift of a uh, in in enduring faith and a faith that is uh, uh, persistent, <clears throat> uh, and a and a faith that um, also operates in the area of of intercession, because we need that type of faith that involves itself with prayer and intercession on behalf of uh, oneself and also others in the body of Christ. When it comes to the other gift, which is the gift of healings, one of the reasons why we know that the gift of healings has not ceased, because there are, there are different types of people that uh, abuse the uh, perpetuity of spiritual gifts when it comes to healing. There are uh, the word faith teachers and Pentecostal oneness and people who are extreme who will say that God always heals. And then there are the other group of people who say that God doesn't heal at all. Now, I'm in the middle that says, even though uh, with the apostles it was a, a consistent thing all of the time, with us today, it happens, but it's not always the normative. So God still can break into time and space and heal, and that has happened. I mean, I prayed for my mother who had uh, gallstones in her bladder, and she uh, went. The, the doctor told her that she had like over 30 or more. And then she came to me, and we prayed, and I prayed and uh, took it before the Lord, and I told her to go back and check again, and she went back again, and all of the gallstones were gone. Praise the Lord. I mean, that was a miracle of God. So God can break into time and space and still perform uh, healings. Now, how do we know that gifts uh, are still operative today? Because some people will say, no, the Bible doesn't teach that. Well, we need to give an answer to every man that asks of us, First Peter 3 and 15, and it tells us, in Romans 11, and make a note of this, everyone, Romans 11, 8, and, uh, Romans 11, 28 and 29, I believe that's what it is. It talks about the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable, which means it cannot be rebuked. Or in the King James, the gifts and callings of God is without repentance, meaning when it says without repentance, meaning that it cannot be changed. With repentance means it changes. So, Either way, the King James, or you get closer to the Greek, irrevocable, which means that it cannot be rebuked, is heavy. It's along, along with, um, I would say, 1 Corinthians 13, because the, the canonicity, some people try to say that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is referring to the close of the canon. I don't see that. I see that the the perfect who must come is none other than Jesus. And when he comes, 
the gifts and the perpetuity of gifts will no longer be needed. So that's something very important, and it's something that we look in the context of Scripture and get behind the Greek meaning of the words, and we understand that the perfect in First Corinthians chapter 13 is not referring to the, the close of the canon of Scripture, therefore the gifts have ceased. So hopefully that's uh, helped you out. I've given you some additional meat, so uh, chew on it, uh, digest it, and and uh, share it with somebody else that needs to be encouraged. Thank you very much. You gave me a lot to work with. I appreciate it a you, lot. You're welcome. So do uh, you have a prayer request as well before we get to our next uh, caller? Yeah. yeah, if you can pray for my family again, my mother, Rosalinda, and my family, um, as, as well as me. And um, if you can lift up uh, Scotty Pippen, I know uh, the basketball player, his, his wife cheated on him, so I can only imagine that pain. Yeah. Yeah, we got to we got got to definitely do that. Okay, so let's have Brother Jim to pray around these prayer requests. <clears throat> All right, Brother CC, it's good to hear from you, Father God. We uh, we thank you so much. You are such a great God, and you are so tender to us and so gracious, Lord. We uh, we pray for CC and his family. We pray for his mother Rosalinda. Uh, keep her healthy. Keep them the family healthy, Lord, and. Always with uh, their activity utmost in mind is serving you in everything that they do and say, Lord. Uh, we pray for uh, the ball player Scottie Pippen. Lord, we know that uh, struggles, marital struggles happen. And Father, we, uh, we just pray that they would drive him uh, to the cross. And Lord, that he would uh, seek his guidance in you and what he should do. We also pray for his wife. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you would restore a relationship that's been broken. Lord, we thank you so much that uh, you do great things, and we see them in our own life. And we thank you for that, Lord, and pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, CC, for your call and your question as well. Thank you, guys, for the prayer. Uh, you got you it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, well, we got a, uh, just a minute left. Do you want to uh, take our next caller real Let's quick? Let's just get the next caller, and then we'll... Get the question, and then we'll uh, entertain it when we come back. Well, uh, that looks like it'll be Brother Rick. How you doing, Brother Rick? I am blessed. How about yourself? We are truly blessed as well. And what's your question? we got a minute before we go to the commercial, and then we'll yeah, get... Let's get, down, let's get down to business. Okay. Uh, in, the, in, in the scriptures, we see in Romans, for example, Romans 10, 9, and 10, Romans 10, and 13, we talk about the mouth. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart, God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with thy heart one believeth unto repentance, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then, of course, in Romans 10 and 13, we say, Whomsoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we see a lot of the mouth there. Now, we have a situation with the two thieves on the cross in Luke 23. And very quickly, one of the thieves uh, looks up to Jesus and says, Remember me this day, and Jesus, Jesus responds immediately, On this day, you'll be with me in paradise. Mm-hmm. So explain those differences. Oh, Ben, that's a very good question, and uh, it warrants uh, a good response to it as well. So won't we do this? We go to a commercial break, and we'll come back and uh, answer those questions. Brother John. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a break now and let our sponsors better serve you. But when we come back, we'd also like to hear from you. And you also get to hear what Brother Rick is, uh, is going to get. Thank you very much.
Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. My name is Jim Clark, and I'm in the studio with Dr. Jerry L. Buckner taking your calls. And right now we have on the phone Rick Weinstein, and he is uh, he has pr- uh, proposed a question about Luke 23, the thief on the cross. And uh, Dr. Buckner will review that and give you his answer now. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Never had it put that way, but it's... Uh, Put that's you on the spot there, that's Dr. pretty Bucket. good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on a good spot though. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Um, Brother Rick, you there? I'm here. I'm listening to you. All righty. What a good question. And uh, because the uh, the the criminal on the cross, he uh, did not uh, confess his sins like the Bible tells us to do. So uh, the question that you're Posing is, and especially uh, giving us Romans ten nine and ten, and First John one and nine. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do we uh, get the fusion out of confusion here and uh, deal with this paradoxical question that you're posing? Well. I think it's a very uh, simplistic answer to it that a lot of people missed. And the key word is in the word Lord. So if you look at uh, Luke 23 and verse 42, it says, And he said unto Jesus, now he's speaking to Jesus, right? And he says, Lord, kurios, that's the Greek word for Lord, kurios. Remember me when thou comest unto thy kingdom. Uh, apparently, uh, he realized the Holy Spirit was speaking to him uh, that Jesus had a kingdom, and that's why he was desirous to be in the kingdom, and he looked at Jesus as a king. So the key word is in the word Lord. And a lot of people, when they quote the thief on the cross, they generally say, uh, remember me. The thief said, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, this day be, I'll, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, the key word is in the word Lord. That's the thing that brought salvation to him, because you have to parallel the word kurios Lord to uh, Romans 10 and 13, because it says there, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's what he did. He called on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. It's very as simple as that. I, I might want to interject in there, Dr. Buckner, that uh, um, the, the thief on the cross, he did repent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he there was a repentance when it says, uh, uh, do you not fear God since you were under the same sentence of condemnation? Uh, we and we indeed justly for what, uh, for we are receiving due reward for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. So he's he's recognizing his sin on the well, cross. Well, he's more that they're recognizing the the sin of committing a criminal crime. So that would be referring more to uh, breaking the criminal law mm-hmm. of the Romans. So. That that's, that would cover that particular uh, incident. But here, when he mentions the word Lord, is salvation right there. Remember me, Lord, mm-hmm. and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. saved. 
Now, the the interesting thing here as well that I want to uh, project here is that the word paradise, this is another interesting point, the word paradise is mentioned in the Bible three times, paradise. The first time that it's mentioned is uh, here uh, where it says in Luke 23 and 42, uh, 43 rather. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Um, it uh, is also mentioned in uh, 2 Corinthians 12 and 4, when Paul went to uh, the third heaven and he was uh, experienced paradise. The word paradise is mentioned there. And the last time that the word paradise is mentioned is in Revelation 2 and 7. Revelation 2 and 7. So that's very interesting that three times the word paradise is mentioned, and it can refer to in the Greek to uh, the uh, the Eden uh, being uh, something historical, but yet Eden being restored. And then it also is parallel to heaven, because I believe that what Jesus did uh, those three days, um, you know, in the grave is that that he allowed where the all the unbelieving saints were at uh, in uh, Hades, he took them from there and brought them into paradise, which is uh, located in heaven now. So that's why Paul says uh, in Second uh, Corinthians uh, 5, he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So hopefully that helped you out. The key word is the word Lord that brought the salvation to this man and the desire to be in his kingdom. But the key word is Lord and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does that help you out? It helps me out a great deal because, I mean, it is a very big deal when you mention the word, when you mention the word Lord. And also, everything else is opened up right there because he knew, he recognized Jesus. What we have is evidence of him recognizing Jesus as Lord. And that, that, is, a, that is a big deal. Absolutely. And once, he, once he recognizes Jesus as Lord, everything else is pretty much automatic. He's already put his trust in Jesus. Yes. And his sins, even before he confesses his sins, He's already called. He's already called upon the Lord, and uh, that's that. That the Lord said here is an automatic confession of sins. He believes. He believes in. His heart believes in. Into his. He believes in him, and uh, already the the door has already been cracked open. Oh yeah, because the Lord looked at his heart, and he looked at his faith, and he's saying through his faith in believing in Jesus as Lord that you are the ruler of my life, you are the master of my life. And even though I thought I was the master and what I did to commit this criminal crime, I'm surrendering it all to you as Lord. I'm submitting to you as Lord. And the only way you could do that is to be inside your heart and the silence of your heart is to be confessing your sins in the silence of your heart. And a lot of we have to remember, too, this man knew nothing about Christianity, I mean, you, you don't have to understand. You don't have to yeah. understand everything that's going on right at that moment. Yeah, he knew nothing about Christianity. He knew nothing about what the the linguistical terms for 
uh, Christianity and how to believe in the death and bodily resurrection and and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This man just simply acted on faith and trust and to Jesus as being Lord of his life. And because he did that, Jesus accepted him. And I I think that it, it, it goes for anybody, even when they're on their deathbed, they cry out and say, whoever you are, Lord, I just accept you in my life, Lord. And I believe that at that moment, Jesus take that to be serious because their hearts are serious. Yeah, and, and that's really that's where the bottom line really is. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your good question. As always, you always have some good questions to throw at us, and yeah, we we appreciate very, very it. And you have any uh, prayer requests before you? We let you go. Continue to pray for my pray for my family, pray for my health and finances. And continue to pray what you've been praying for. All righty. Well, let's uh, do that, uh, Brother Jim. All right. Well, Father in heaven, we thank you again for our brother Rick. Lord, he has uh, walked a long road with us, and he has walked an even longer road with you. And, Lord, we continue to pray for his family, his health, continue to restore his health, Lord God, and and uh, just enable him to continue to serve you uh, for the rest of his life, Lord, and Lord, I pray that uh, that you would also help him financially. If there's any needs there, Lord, that uh, that you would make that that uh, fulfill that need for him. Lord, we thank you again for his uh, devotion to you and uh, his inspiration to us and what he's been through. Lord, we thank you again. You are so gracious to us in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray. Amen. Thank you, brother Jim. Amen. Appreciate that. Thank you, brother Rick, for your call and your and your great question as well. Thank you, guys. All righty. God bless you. Okay. We have another caller. We have another caller. And uh, I'd like to go to Diane. Diane, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing this evening? I am doing wonderful. How are you doing? Well, I tell you what, we are too blessed to be stressed by the devil's mess. (laughs) I see. Well, that's good news. (laughs) Isn't that good news? That's good news for everybody that's listening tonight. We're too blessed to be stressed and depressed by the devil's mess. And I pray that some of your listeners or all of your listeners are encouraged by that. Thank you so much. It's so good to hear your voice, and uh, you've been greatly missed, and I hope to. We've been extremely busy with a multitude of things, but you're always on our heart and our prayers, and we're hoping that somehow this uh, summer to connect with you because that would be a blessed time. Okay, well, I'll, I'll I'll keep my ear open. Amen. <laughs> how's how's your 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 lovely husband doing? My husband is well. God is blessing him and blessing us. Wonderful, and his health is holding up. Yes, it is. He is well. God is blessing him, and he is blessing us both. Very good, very good. And anything on your heart, or do you just have some words Absolutely. of encouragement? No, no, no. I want to talk about what you're talking about. I didn't call it just a chat. Now listen, <laughs> Dr. Blessing, as I continue my studies and I come to a greater and greater understanding of what a learned man of God you are, I think I'm going to commit to calling in and engaging you in dialogue more frequently. I just want to talk very briefly about Sodom and Gomorrah. And by the way, I was blessed to visit the site of Sodom when we were in Jordan. Mm-hmm, very good. But 
I, I want to talk briefly about what you made of the statement. And actually, I had two subjects I wanted to talk about. I'll save one to next week. I'll deal with this one. Right. You talked about why Christian groups won't be out there on Gay Pride Day to engage those people with the Word of God. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning that words are so important. And, you know, words, the meaning of words change. And I heard you and Rick discussing Lord just a few seconds ago, but you all never really mentioned the fact that the thief or the criminal on the cross recognized Jesus as the second person of the Trinity. He recognized him as God, and that is where his profession came from. But more, but you just said that one. The other two words I want to talk about that you used, Dr. Buckner, is idolatry and immorality. And I wonder how many of your listeners actually have the same thing in mind that you do when you use these words. My experiences have been that in this culture, there is almost no such thing as immorality. So we've got to come to some kind of understanding as to what is the basis for something being immoral or right or wrong, and, and, and what is right or wrong, because everything goes today, as well as idolatry. Most Christians believe that idolatry is bowing to the statues, the little silver statues that Leah had hidden in her um, saddlebags, and, you know, other kinds of figurines like that. So we don't do that. We don't practice pagan religion that way. I don't have any statues in my house. So what is Dr. Buckner talking about? This idolatry God judges, brings judgment upon a nation for idolatry and immorality. I heard you talk very briefly about cars and material things, but that is the culture that we live in today, to be greedy, to gather up these things, to aspire to these things. Christians are no longer looking to the afterlife for the good life. Like the rapper says, I want it all, mm -hmm. and he wants it now. So how are you going to engage those people in a conversation about immorality and idolatry? Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a, yeah, that's absolutely true, because... The uh, the issue is today, and you're hitting it on those as well, is greed, because people are more into greed than need today. And uh, what I'm going to probably do in the future is do a more thorough uh, teaching on this. But when I mentioned the principles of money, that uh, the love of money is the root of all evil and break down, we look at things as worshiping our cars and our homes and our uh, money and our bank accounts, and then not also another issue uh, where we fail to uh, be uh, into uh, the things of God is that we fail to commit to giving to the poor. And uh, this is an issue that God takes very serious uh, we have about two minutes left, but this is a very uh, serious issue by which God is why God is judging our nation today is because uh, we fail to uh, use what God has entrusted us with uh, on a godly level 
to give to the the needy and the poor and and we just don't have a lot of people even in churches today doing that because we're pocketing all of this stuff and we are uh laying it up and Jesus said lay up not for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in but lay up for yourself things in heaven we got to invest in not only kingdom work but invest in the needy so we'll talk more about this, but I wanted to bring that issue up okay. about the poor as well because that's a critical thing. But thank you for your call. We hear the music, and thank All you for right, your, Buster, your— And one last thing. I'd like to know how we're going to change it. Absolutely. Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Those are the right, sorts of—oh, uh, Diane, right. those are the sorts of phone calls that I love serving on this program Amen. for. Amen. Yes, well, we've come to the end of another exciting broadcast, and we would like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. If you are interested in receiving a copy of tonight's program or any of our broadcasts, give us a call at 415-721-1778. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 